1979, a couple was awoken in the middle of the night to an extremely bright light being shined in their eyes. As their eyes adjusted, they realized that standing in front of them was a masked man holding a gun. The husband slowly reached over to his bedside table to grab his gun, only to realize that it had been taken. The man demanded that they get out of bed, and when they did, he tied them up. Then he turned and left the room. From the bedroom, they could hear the man rustling around in the kitchen. What is he doing? They whispered to each other, considering the possibility that this might just be a burglary. When he returned, he was holding a stack of plates. He placed them on the husband's back, telling him that if he heard any of the plates fall, he would kill them both. The man laid there with the plates on his back, trying to be as still as possible, but in the corner, he could hear his wife's whimpers and was starting to tremble with fear. He knew that if he didn't remain calm, the plates would fall and they would likely both be killed. Thinking about this only made him shake more, and before he knew it, the husband and wife had just fallen victim to one of the most prolific serial killers in history. In today's episode of the show, we will be covering the harrowing tale of Joseph D'Angelo, also known as the Golden State Killer. Make sure you stick around until the end, because the way he was caught was nothing short of a miracle. Welcome to the Truly Terrifying Show. If you like stories about crime, killers, or mystery, then this is the spot for you. I upload once per week on YouTube and all podcast directories, so if you want to support the show, please give a like and subscribe. I work really hard on every single episode, and I appreciate every ounce of support. With that, let's get straight into today's show. Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. was born in 1945 in Bath, New York. His father, Joseph Sr., was a sergeant in the U.S. military. For this reason, the family was constantly getting relocated. From the outside, they looked like the ideal American family. He had two older sisters and a younger brother, and his parents were warm and loving. In future reports, though, it was uncovered that Joseph Sr. was physically abusive towards the family members. And when Joseph was only five years old, he witnessed one of his older sisters get abused by two airmen in a warehouse in Germany. These events would be a strong factor that would influence the path Joseph would eventually go down. As he grew up, Joseph put on the face of perfection. He was a good student and played junior varsity baseball for Folsom High School. Nobody knew it, but at the same time, Joseph was committing a series of burglaries all around the city. He was also setting up animal traps to torture and kill small animals. After graduating from high school, Joseph enlisted in the army and served for almost two years in Vietnam. Once he was finished, he got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from Sacramento State. Then, he completed his police internship and began working in the burglary unit of California PD. Over the following years, Joseph would work during the day fighting burglary, then at night, he would break into people's homes and steal from them. From 1974 to 1976, Joseph would end up committing at least 120 burglaries and was being referred to as the Vasilia Ransacker. On September 11, 1975, Joseph broke into the house of a man named Claude Snelling. Claude was awoken by a noise and ran downstairs to see Joseph climbing through his back window. Joseph was startled, and he pulled out his gun, shooting Claude twice in the chest before fleeing the scene. 
This would end up being Joseph's first murder, and it sent police into a frenzy. They realized that the Vasilio ransacker might be capable of more than just burglaries. Hoping to catch him, the police decided to set up stakeouts in empty houses all around the city. On December 12th, Joseph entered the backyard of a house wearing a black ski mask. When he opened the back door, he looked up and was staring straight down the barrel of a police-issued handgun. He had walked straight into the police's trap. Joseph screamed and he turned to run, but the officer fired a warning shot, which forced Joseph to dive beneath the deck. The officer ran towards him, but was stopped dead in his tracks when Joseph reached up and fired a shot which grazed the man's cheek. The other officers, which were now coming out of the house, rushed to his aid, which allowed Joseph to get away. After such a close call, Joseph decided to transfer to Sacramento. It was at this point that his crimes began to escalate drastically. Joseph would drive around middle-class neighborhoods searching for single women in one-story houses with easy escape routes. He would often peek through windows, sneak through backyards, and sometimes even break into houses all to make sure he'd found the perfect target. Once he had found a suitable victim, he would break into houses beforehand to unload any guns they had, unlock windows, and plant items for future use. Then, when the victim returned, he would enter through an unlocked window wearing a ski mask, he'd sneak up to their bedroom, wake them up at gunpoint, and then assault them. Joseph would often spend weeks preparing for the assaults, and therefore he always got away unscathed. At this point, he had taken a new name, the East Area Rapist. The police were having an impossible time tracking him down, and he knew this. So on March 18, 1977, Joseph called the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office three separate times. In the first two calls, he just laughed and then hung up. But in the third call, which came in at 5 p.m., he said, The media exploded after this. Joseph loved the attention, but wanted to make sure nobody felt safe, so he began targeting couples. At the same time he began targeting couples, his crimes once again escalated. He would break in through a window or sliding glass door, sneak up the stairs and awaken the couple with a flashlight, then threaten them with a handgun. The female victim was usually forced to tie up her male companion before she herself was bound. He would then stack a high pile of plates on the man's back, telling him that if any were to fall at any point, he would kill everybody in the household. The man would often be so scared that he'd begin to shake, causing the plates to fall, and then Joseph would kill them all. Sometimes he would assault the female victim before, and sometimes even after. Next, he'd spend hours in the household stealing their valuables, eating their food, and drinking their beer. And in some cases, instead of murdering them right off the bat, he would torment them, pretending to leave, and then, once they got their hopes up, he'd jump out of the shadows. He would often call victims before the murders. If you are easily frightened, I recommend skipping the next 10 seconds.
Between 1975 and 1979, Joseph would commit around 50 assaults and 5 murders. Near the end of the spree, he called a non-emergency line telling them who he was, what he had done, and saying, I have a problem. I need help because I don't want to do this anymore. After a short conversation, Joseph feared the call was being traced and abruptly hung up. Finally, after working in the burglary unit for around 10 years, Joseph was ironically arrested for stealing a hammer and dog repellent from a store. He was put on 10-month probation and was eventually fired from the police force. During the firing process, Joseph threatened to kill the police chief and would stalk his house at night. Next, he moved to Southern California where he'd take on a new name, the original Night Stalker. The Night Stalker was a name given to Richard Ramirez, who was another serial killer, but his crimes actually took place after Joseph's, so they gave him the name, the original Night Stalker. Under this new name, Joseph was becoming more and more bold, although he was still doing the same things. In one instance, he followed a couple down the street and shot them as they were walking in plain daylight. During his killing spree as the Night Stalker, Joseph would end up killing 10 people between 1986 and 1979. In this time, he only had two survivors. They were a couple who managed to scream loud enough that their neighbor, who was an FBI agent, ran into the house and chased Joseph away. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to catch him. At this point, the original Night Stalker was so infamous, couples who were awoken by a strange noise in the middle of the night knew instantly what it was. The last known murder of the original Night Stalker occurred in 1986, and it was a woman named Janelle Cruz. After this, Joseph went into hiding. Over the following years, the only trace that he was still out there were some calls he made to former victims promising that he'd find them again and complete the job. Although he was no longer active, the FBI investigation continued. Noticing some similarities between the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker, police began speculating that they could have been the same person. With vast improvements in DNA technology, they were then able to link the cases together. And it was at this point that Joseph D'Angelo received his final name, the Golden State Killer. It was now clear to detectives that the Golden State Killer was the original Night Stalker and the East Area Rapist, and was responsible for a handful of murders and assaults across the country. They just needed to find out who it was. For years, detectives were at a standstill. Even though they had tons of DNA evidence, technology just wasn't good enough to determine definitively who it was. It was starting to look like the Golden State Killer would go unfound. Nearly 30 years after Joseph had committed his last murder, FBI got a breakthrough. By uploading the DNA evidence they had to a new database called the GED Match, they were then able to construct a massive family tree of potential DNA matches. The family tree consisted of almost a thousand people across multiple generations. A large team of detectives then began sorting through the tree, ruling out people by age and location. Through this rigorous process, they were able to narrow down their focus to only two people. They located the family members of the first match and realized that they had already passed away. Then, they tested the family members' DNA and realized that it wasn't the perfect match they were looking for. This left only one suspect left, which was Joseph D'Angelo, who is now over 70 years old. On April 18, 2018, 
a DNA sample was secretly collected from the door handle of D'Angelo's car. Both samples were perfect matches to the DNA profile they had developed, which meant that he was the East Area Rapist, the original Night Stalker, the Golden State Killer, and they'd later find out that he was also the Vasilia Ransacker. Joseph was arrested shortly after, and was charged with 13 accounts of first-degree murder and kidnapping. Unfortunately, he couldn't be charged for the burglaries and assaults because the statute of limitations had already expired. Listen to all your statements, each one of them, and I'm really sorry to everyone I've heard. Thank you, Your Honor. Although he apologized, he later blamed his crimes on an internal persona he called Jerry. Luckily, Joseph will spend the rest of his life in prison. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the show. I really hope you liked it. If you have any tips or suggestions, don't hesitate to tell me. You can leave them in the comments or on my Instagram or TikTok. See you next week.